Welcome to episode 103 of the Fertility Podcast. If you've been listening chronologically since the start or even just more recently, just to explain the recent numbering because I put out a special on International Podcast Day which was episode 101 and then I put out what should have been episode 101 on the Monday which was kind of 102. So even though there isn't an official 102 in the labelling, there was which is why I'm carrying on with 103. Does that make sense? Anyway, I hope so. Welcome. If this is your first listen to the Fertility Podcast, my name is Natalie Silverman. I'm your host, and I've been making this podcast since 2014 when I had successful fertility treatment. And the point of it is to be a reliable source of information for you, a safe and credible place. I'm no expert. I've been through treatment myself, so I understand what it's like to know that it's just not going to be straightforward and that's what I try to convey when I'm talking to people sharing their stories and speaking to fertility experts I'm trying to speak to them from your perspective from my perspective now I'm sharing this episode with you uh, as I've just turned 40 and I'm telling you that because I've been thinking a lot about why I feel a bit down about turning 40 when everybody is telling me I should embrace it And I'll be really frank with you, I was hoping to be pregnant by the time I turned 40. We are wanting to have a second child and uh, trying naturally before we go down the route of a frozen embryo transfer. And I guess whilst I know I should be delighted with my little boy who's two and a half, don't get me wrong, I am. I just thought that I'd be in a different place by the time I'm 40. And the reason that I'm telling you is that I think when you're dealing with infertility age is massively relevant to you especially if you're over 35 because of all the specialists and everybody that talks about how we want you 35 all your chances decline I think you're so aware of it and I've definitely been carrying that with me and um, I did do a really interesting chat with Claudia Spar about later to motherhood and I'm going to put a link to that episode in the show notes for this podcast because she did Helped me change my mindset a bit. Claudia, I think, fell pregnant naturally at 42 or 44. Forgive me, but do listen to the episode. And she highlights how we do address women's age incorrectly, she feels, that we do put this onus on, you know, past 40, then no chance, when there is a chance and there are numerous women falling pregnant in their 40s. Now, that's not to say if you're not yet at that stage, you know, you've got plenty of time because we all know that our fertility health does decline as we get older. But I do think that there is such pressure and I'm, I'm feeling it, which is why I just wanted to, I suppose, put that out there. If you're feeling a similar thing, then just, you know, you're not alone. And um, I am going to be um, sharing an interesting chat in the future, talking about secondary infertility and the, and the guilt that uh, a lot of us feel. Now, that brings me on to this episode. We're going to be catching up once again with Maureen Brown, who is one half of Mosey Baby, which is a home insemination kit. And I spoke to Maureen and her husband, Mark, when they just launched about a year ago. And when they got in touch with me saying, would I like to kind of have another chat? I was like, yes, actually, because I think it's pretty brilliant what they've done. And then we're going to be speaking to Katie Eves, who is a midwife who's got her own fertility journey to share. And She's talking about how she is educating midwives to think about how women who are pregnant after having fertility treatment feel and how they feel different. So I think this is a really interesting episode and I do hope it is of interest to you. So I'm now going to welcome back to the Fertility Podcast, Maureen from Mosey Baby. Now, Maureen and her husband, Mark, 
created Mosey Baby and we actually spoke on this podcast uh, about a year ago when they literally just started and I think I was one of your first podcast interviews wasn't I Maureen welcome back thank you Natalie and I speak with you today and yes you were actually our very first podcast and we were so nervous but oh. we were very excited so thank you well, it's funny, I, I remember it really clearly because I think my little one was quite young and I remember mm-hmm. having to kind of move around from where I'd started talking to you to where I was later and it was quite late with me because what time is it with you now? Um, it's 9, 12am. Okay, so it's, yeah, it's gone three with me. So let's just talk a little bit about how Mosey came to be um, because... Um, it was something that you guys created after having a bit of a struggle to get pregnant. So just just recap for me the origins of Mosey Baby. Sure. So my husband and I, um, we got married, we had fun, and then we were ready to have a baby, right? And we started our journey and we thought, oh, sure, we'll be pregnant real fast. And like many couples, no, that wasn't the case. It took us about two and a half years, we went through, you know, all the tests, all, we started taking all the vitamins, did all the diets, I eliminated coffee, we did all this stuff, but the baby wasn't coming, and yet we still knew we wanted a family, and eventually we found ourselves in a fertility specialist's office, but along the way, some people kept mentioning, like, why don't you just try a syringe, or try a turkey beaster, and it seemed interesting, and the idea of it seemed neat that we could do something at home. Um, so we thought, okay, we'll give it a shot. And we, we did, um, but we didn't find anything on the market that really was made for this purpose. And as a woman, it felt kind of awkward and odd. And, and a lot of the, um, products that are being appropriated for this purpose, just waste a lot of your special, uh, sample that you're working with. Cause it's a very tiny sample that you don't want to waste a single drop of. And so we tried that in between our fertility specialists um, visit and eventually when we had um, an IUI and we were lucky we got pregnant we're one of the there is hope some people do get pregnant on your first IUI and we did and then a few weeks later my husband came home from a run and said why doesn't this exist why isn't there something out there that people can use at home And he said, I think we should make it. And I said, yeah, we should. And so I drew something up that I said, this is what, as a woman, I think I would prefer to use and would like to use. And then we uh, consulted with a medical design device engineer. And our fertility specialist kind of confirmed what we were doing and said, yeah, that, you know, just make it a little little bit shorter and you're right there. And so we... um, we moved forward with that and Mosey baby was formed and now we have this amazing opportunity to help people find an alternative at home to making a baby. So what I'm going to do um, is put a link to the previous episode that explains more about the Mosey creation because mm-hmm. you mentioned your fertility specialist Lisa Hansen and you had mm-hmm. her involved and we're, we're about a year on and there's I think when we spoke you were actually pregnant with with actual Mosey baby number two. Yes I was. And, and our chats have been delayed a bit because Mosey Baby Boy, who's called... Frank. Ha- hasn't yeah. been sleeping all that well lately, has he? <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> he's sleeping enough. But yeah, he's um he's a typical baby, I guess you could say. Well, you guys have been really busy with where Mosey Baby is now available. Several countries and you've get, you, you're getting baby pictures coming in from around the mm-hmm. world. 
And I know that the the YouTube videos are going really well. And I was watching um, I was watching one of them. The channel has had over 120,000 views. The one I was watching, you're brilliant, I have to say. Your your videos oh, are funny. You. The one I was watching about how to use the Mosey syringe has almost had 60,000 views. So let's just talk a bit about the logistics of it. If I'm listening and I'm thinking, yeah. okay, so maybe I, I, I go down this route. I don't really want to have fertility treatment. And especially in the UK where only mm-hmm. last week... We had a whole nother huge debate about the funding cuts to fertility treatment mm. on the NHS and people are uh, time and time again having to self-fund and there's all ongoing kind of debate about whether people are pushed into IVF, about whether it's mm-hmm. the right solution and I'm a real advocate for you know, shouting about natural fertility solutions, whether it's the episode I've just recently put out on, you know, prescribed exercise for your fertility to this. Um, And I think for secondary infertility as well, this is something that will be of interest to people. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, what kind of people are getting in touch with you to to get the product? Well, I think the thing that's been really rewarding about this journey for us is that we've been um, invited into so many other people's journey, right? They're, They're on their own pregnancy journey. And they walk in so many different paths. Now, there's the first thing that people think of are, you know, our gay and lesbian friends who just naturally need an alternative to conceiving. Um, but beyond that, we've had single mothers by choice. We've had couples who have struggled on their own and have even sought fertility help through IUIs and IVF. And we've had people who are just tired of trying and need a break and want to ditch, you know, all um, all the stress and, and the, the worries that come along with performing on command, you know, sometimes that can be its own obstacle. And um, we're giving people choices. So for some couples, it's, it's a different choice than others. We've even had a couple who the husband was quadriplegic at 18, and he's now since been able to walk and move fully. But you know, performance and every aspect of his life has been challenged. And this is one of them where he wanted an option at home and they were able to conceive. Couples have the option to do this in the comfort and privacy of their own home. And you don't have to drive sometimes hours to reach a fertility specialist. And you don't have to pay thousands of dollars. And you're able to do it at the time that's right for you. And that may be in the evening. And that may be after work. And that may be in the middle of the day. So for many people, that's been helpful to them as much as any other part of relieving obstacles. What do you think the perception is like now about this kind of method? Because, you know, in your video, you joked about the turkey baster and people kind of talk about it. But, you know, you've created a really efficient tool, which is quite an obvious one. But like you say, you did your research and there was nothing like it on the market. It's basically a tiny little syringe about a finger's length and a little pot and uh, some instructions all packaged up very nicely. With that support that you're offering with your videos and your online presence, let's say, it seems obvious, but it wasn't already out there. Do you think people are realizing that they, like you say, they can have this choice and they can feel that they can try whatever before they're maybe then channeled into the fertility treatment route? Yes and no. So yes, there's a lot of people who are like us who are looking for this and they find us and they say, thank you. We found the product that we've been looking for. And then there are others still out there that don't even realize this is an option, right? And so there's a lot of people that we need to reach who just 
haven't had the thought or a friend hasn't whispered in their ear, you know, like, like they did to us, like, hey, try this method. So there's a number of people who are seeking a product like this and they're searching and they're finding us and thankfully we're here and we're so happy to be here for them. And then there's a whole portion of people who just, it never occurred to them or maybe it seems like something um, foreign or or maybe they just still are not ready yet. Like they're they're not at that point in their journey and hopefully they never do. You know, hopefully they reach um, a baby on their own, but uh, we are here and we're happy to, to help people when they find themselves looking for an alternative. So have you got any idea yet of stats of pregnancies? I mean, you, I'm assuming you know your sales figures that you're willing to share yet? You know, to be honest, we're a two-person team and I'm still uh, very busy with a job. So we're really more like a one 0.5% team. Well, you're both, we you're both employed with other jobs, aren't you? Mark is now full-time with Mosey. Oh, is he? Um, okay. Yes, yes. So he's pretty much full-time, which is exciting. But we, And you've got two we, kids. Let's mention that we too. Do have, we do have children <laughs> um, and we're happy to have them. But it's one of those things where we haven't honestly had the time to analyze data. And I hope that we have an opportunity to do that sometime in the future. But right now it's more just about running the shop and making sure we're doing our customers right and communicating with them and helping answer their questions and that's one of the things that we've been priding ourselves on is making sure that we're here to answer questions because as much as many people find our product and say yes this is right for me there are many people who find our product and say you know what i'm still um curious and and please tell me more and we love that part and we're so that so that's kind of a part that we're trying to make sure we never lose track of um which is part of the reason why we haven't had time to really analyze our data but we have had a number of success stories which you can read about on our blog and we've had even more that um have shared with us but haven't uh shared publicly sure and we had some really amazing stories even some in england so that's been a lot of fun and couples from all walks of life and even, like I said, single mothers by choice and people who have struggled with certain specific um, situations and and overcome them with Mosey. Well, I'll put the link to your blog. I was just looking at the different success stories, which is lovely to see, because I think it's just lovely for people to know that this is an option that's not going to cost them, you know, so much when we know mm-hmm. how so many people struggle with that massive price tag that goes with presumed fertility treatment so I'll put all the info on there and I know like you've said you're shipping to numerous countries just highlight the areas that you're shipping to so England is one of them Canada as well Um, we have had some success in India Um, one of the things that I will mention for those who are um, hearing us internationally is we do um, have a I think it's $14 to England is the shipping the flat rate shipping Um, And it can go up from there, obviously, if you need priority. But as well, we offer a discount on volume. And one of the things that is important to remember is many procedures, um, even with the doctor's help, take multiple attempts. And we do uh, recommend trying Mosey more than one month. And so we offer a discount on volume, which you can see on our website is available for anyone. So we are shipping. And if you're just curious about whether or not we're shipping to your country, you can always shoot us an email at info. That's info at moseybaby.com. 
All right, well, I'll put that email address on the show notes as well. Well, it's been fab to catch up, and I look forward to more chats as we uh, move on through Moses' progression. Yeah, really good to hear that it's all going to plan, and and I love all the success stories. I'm scrolling and scrolling, and they're going on and on, so there's a lot. It's good to see. So as far as, you know, stats, I know that that it's working. Yeah, (laughs) And we know people are talking about it, and there's some lovely stories. I hope your listeners will check them out. Well, Maureen, you take care. And uh, what I should have said is that actually, considering it's a husband and wife kind of um, little project going on here and you two are still even speaking, two kids running a business together, (laughs) sleepless nights. It's all good, you know. It is. I mean, honestly, I I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, there's a lot of couples. I think we're one of them that have the ability to work together where our skill sets match. Yeah. And it just so happens that we enjoy it. So... We're just really lucky to be um, in a relationship that that is strengthened by this. And we're just honestly, you know, what keeps us going is the success stories and hearing from them is the best, the best, most rewarding thing I've ever done. Well, congrats. And the Facebook page is lovely as well. There's some some great posts on there. So like I say, I put all the details on the show notes about how people can get in touch and 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 find out more about you. And uh, Maureen, thank you for your time and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Natalie. I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. And my best to you. All right. You take care. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All Maureen's details will, of course, be on the show notes. And before we hear from my next guest, here is a note from my sponsors. The Fertility Podcast is supported by Ovusense. If you're trying to monitor your cycle and finding it overwhelming, Ovusense is the only ovulation monitor on the market that is a class two medical device. It has a vaginal sensor and app and fits like a tampon, so it's really easy to use and comfortable to wear. Now, you use it at night while you sleep, and then in the morning, you simply remove, wash it, and download your data to see your cycle pattern. Now, Ovusense has proven comfortable for women in over 10,000 cycles of use and can predict ovulation up to a day in advance and can confirm it with 99% accuracy. To find out more, visit ovisense.com. The Fertility Podcast is also supported by IVF Matters, the UK's first online fertility clinic where you can order tests delivered to your door, have scans at multiple locations and speak to consultants in the comfort of your own home. It's a truly unique way to experience your fertility journey and you can find out more at ivfmatters.co.uk. Now, I know how daunting it is finding out information about fertility issues, so I wanted to tell you about The Fertility Show. It's on the 4th and 5th of November at London's Olympia and is open to anyone wanting to start or extend their family. You can meet experts face-to-face at the exhibition or attend one of the brilliant seminars by a leading fertility specialist. Visit thefertilityshow.co.uk for more information. So I'm now going to welcome Katie Eaves to the podcast, who is a midwifery educator and a Labour Ward coordinator in Brighton in the UK. Brighton is a place very close to my heart. I used to live down there. If you're not in the UK, Brighton is by the sea. So Katie is one of those lucky people who gets to see the sea on a daily basis. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Natalie. Lovely to have you here. Now, I'd like to just start... um, Talking a bit about your fertility journey, so yeah. would you mind taking us back? Because I know that um, it was a little while ago now that you went through what you did. So just just yeah. talk me through what happened. Yeah, so it was it was a while ago. Um, so yeah, my daughter's ten now, and my fertility journey it was sort of a bit intertwined with my work, really, so to speak, because it was whilst I was actually training to become a midwife that I found out that I had fertility problems. So quite a difficult combination I bet Um, but fortunately we had our first ICSI treatments me and my partner got pregnant and we had our daughter Maddie and then we sort of thought oh that that's just how we have children and then 
unfortunately we had sort of several failed treatments in later years after that trying to have another child and it was after I'd had several rounds of failed treatments us and the doctors decided really that it was all you know not really going anywhere so we decided to stop and I think that was quite a difficult time for me especially with my work as well so I was working as a qualified midwife by then so I left for a couple of years, not really ever thinking if I was going to be able to go back to work as a midwife. But then two years later, I did. And it was when I went back to work, having had all the failed treatment, I started reflecting on everything. My experience with my daughter, with all the failed cycles that we'd had, and sort of how that was all intertwined with my midwifery. And obviously, at that point, I was looking after women themselves that had fertility treatment. And I could sort of see a sort of general pattern emerging. So I started sort of looking into it a bit more and I started writing as well. And I think the main thing that I could see was that it was different for women that had fertility treatment when they were pregnant. So then I started writing some articles for journals and just sort of became on a mission really to sort of get get the message out there really because I felt like it wasn't really something that was talked about or much known about in, in maternity really. But felt like these women really did have... You know specific needs really that that we needed to address and th- and this is why we're talking today after yeah. Katie had got in touch with me on Twitter and I was really interested in in what you've kind of created so we're talking about pregnancy after fertility treatment ultimately and the exactly, treatment yeah. of these women now I know having had successful treatments and so experiencing a pregnancy I've, I've got one child that I was I had a uh, my pregnancy was fine so I'm I'm blessed because of that but I did I was so aware of everything every step of the way and after thinking more about it and knowing I was talking to you realizing that yes you're right that there didn't really seem to be any acknowledgement of the fact that I'd had fertility treatment other than being asked was my baby conceived naturally when I was going to scans so there's definitely from my singular experience a gap there so just talk to me a little bit about how you're kind of approaching this because there is an impact Mm. your mental health when you've gone through infertility and I suppose communicating that to midwife is the most important starting point exactly yeah and it's and it's 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 quite surprising really when you think that at this present time in midwifery training midwives aren't actually learning anything about this at all or even about you know fertility treatments as well really it's sort of getting that message out there to midwives and I think one of the key words I'm always using is is acknowledgement because I think it's such a simple thing but one of the fundamental things is that as in the maternity system that we need to just be acknowledging the journeys that women have been on prior to coming into our services. One of the, the main ways I have been doing this is obviously I write some articles but I've also been organising study days not just for midwives but anybody involved in the care of these women so doulas, anybody is sort of welcome to them. So I'm now in the process of organising another one for next year and it's, it's open really for anybody around the UK to come to and at the moment I, I don't believe there is anything happening of this out there um so yes I'm just really keen to sort of um spread the word really just to improve awareness of um the specific needs of women after they've had fertility treatment when they are pregnant I'm aware that people listening to this podcast might not be at this point yet because 
you know, we do speak to people trying to conceive. So, yeah. uh, you know, we take that into consideration. And, and for people listening who are pregnant after fertility yeah. treatment, one of the things that I think is quite hard to get your head around is that you've gone through this massive process, which is what fertility yeah. treatment is. There's this appointment, that appointment, there's this stage, that stage. And then once you're successfully pregnant, which is obviously the outcome that you've been dreaming of, you're, you're in essence then put into the system like a woman who's conceived naturally with regards yeah. to the interaction that you have and the regularity of the scans that you have. And I think that's where you step in because exactly. you know from your experience that you're not like everybody else because this has yeah. been such a mission. And so I yeah. suppose not that you want special treatment, but like you say, you want that acknowledgement and, and the understanding, yeah. don't you? And I think that's the thing, isn't it? A lot of it is just about the understanding. Everyone appreciates how pushed we are on maternity services, but this is one of the things that I, one of the messages I try to get across is sometimes, you know, it's just about using certain words or a certain approach to these women that won't necessarily take that much more time but and, and I do know what you're saying as well about women listening to this that are, are trying to get pregnant but I, I can remember myself you know that feeling of thinking oh you know you can't ever imagine being in that situation and and then if you are surely you know you'll be in, in a much better place and, and you are um, obviously because you are pregnant but I think not for all women but for some women when especially when you've had years of struggling to get pregnant and all that entails you know because we know it affects every aspect of your life it can take some time to actually work through that process and often women are working through that process still when they come into our maternity services when they are pregnant or it might even be you know when when they've first had their baby it can be quite a long process and everyone's different like I say but I think it's it's really important for those that work in the maternity services and the midwives to to be really sensitive to that and aware of that because you know we just want to support women in the best way that we can. Now one um, of the things that I know that you've experienced is that women who have been through fertility treatment may phone up triage more often as they're worried. And and the perception of this constant calling is met, well, I guess incorrectly, would you say, at the moment? Possibly sometimes. I'd like to think, I think because I where I work and things and everyone is very aware of the message I've been getting across, that I think, yeah, possibly sometimes, though, it is, it is misunderstood. And that is one of the things that, uh, one of the messages I try to get across as well is, that that women can be over anxious and I think you know when you've gone from fertility clinics where you've got frequent appointments frequent scans and you're seeing people very regularly when you then come into maternity as a pregnant woman there there's quite long gaps between appointments and you can feel quite lost and we, we know that as well because there's research out there that says that that's how women feel and so I think you know you, you may tend to and I think I did that myself I, I know that I was probably phoning up triage more and just women are just trying to reach out they just want more emotional support because they are worried and that's one of the messages I try to get across is about um, you know just being there for women just letting them know yes you are you're possibly going to be a bit more worried and you know if you want a bit more monitoring that's absolutely fine because then if you're going to go home and feel happier and more relaxed about it that that's actually what we want we don't want women um you know sat at home worrying that everything's okay we want people to feel okay to feel positive about their pregnancy now for people listening wherever they might be if they're in a situation now where you know they they have a midwife and they're having these appointments having had successful fertility treatment what 
advice would you say to them as far as communicating this, any concerns, any anxiousness to their midwife, wherever they are? Because obviously, you know, we know you're in the UK. It's really important, isn't it? Because that's the thing, I'm, I'm speaking to midwives at the moment, these study days of midwives, and I think it's really important for women out there that are um, hopefully going to get pregnant soon or that are pregnant, just tell their midwives how they're feeling. And I think, you know, for them, for women there to realise as well that it, it is to be expected because... I remember um, myself when I was pregnant just thinking I, I you know I, I feel very worried I'm quite anxious but this is normal this I'm pregnant this is how pregnant women feel and it really was a hindsight thing for me because it wasn't actually till years later looking back I thought oh hang on a minute actually how I worried was actually beyond the norm and I wish then at the time I'd said something to somebody um, and I think that that's for women it'd be really good for women to sort of be able to just tell the midwives how they're feeling um, and so that we can give them the support that they need. Now, let's just talk a little bit about once you have your baby, um, because there's a few things to to discuss. Um, and just before we get to that point, one of the things that um, I know we'd spoken about was I I talked about my own experience which was a, a positive birth experience and I was I was really pleased that we'd we'd had the outcome with regards to the birth plan that we'd hoped for especially because of our journey and I, I just want to get your kind of comments on on that stage every, every woman entering into childbirth for the first time it's completely it's the complete unknown and you might have had friends tell you a bit about it you might not I mean in my case luckily well, I'm glad that my friends didn't tell me the real ins and outs until I don't think I think there's like an unspoken thing with women that you don't really talk about it till till after, which I love. However, having gone through fertility treatment, you know, and you're at that point and you've got your birth plan and, and there are stories of midwives, you know, kind of dis, discarding the birth plan. I mean, what, what advice would you give at that stage? Because you're going to feel quite precious that you want it to be how you want it to be, having got to this point. Yeah. And I, and I, I think that's the thing, isn't it, as well, that for a lot of women I know for myself I remember just thinking that this is just this has got to be the best because this is possibly going to be my only chance at this um, and that that's an, an another message that I try and get across to midwives as well as to be for us to be aware of that as well because for some women um, this, this may be their only experience their only birth experience and just to try and make it as special as possible and so it is you know as, as midwives will always try and um keep to birth plans obviously there are times when there's concerns for the mum or baby where there has to be deviations from that but that should be um, discussed thoroughly with with the woman and partner um, but sometimes it's the smaller things isn't it that can really make a difference and um, I know you know you talked about your birth experience and it sounds like a, you had a lovely experience I know for myself I did as well um, and for some women you know it might be a birth in the pool for other women it might end up being a cesarean and with a cesarean that there's lots of other it it doesn't mean to say that that can't be a we can't make that really special experience because sometimes it's the small touches like how we talk to women about uh, making sure mums have skin to skin with baby as well that can really make it still a very special experience and very memorable because that's a that's the thing that I just feel very passionate about is just trying to make it as as good as we can for women because it is very special they've been through such a long journey beforehand um, and so I just feel very passionate about just making that as good as the experience as we can for women really because I feel like 
by making it a better experience. It's almost like a healing process in itself. Because um, I don't know what you found, Natalie, but that's how I felt for myself after I had my daughter. It's such a positive experience. It almost sort of corrects all the um, difficulties from the years before. Yeah, I think that's a really valid thing to say, actually. I think having that yeah. that, that smooth smooth journey into, yeah. uh, into childbirth. And I think, I know that we are potentially talking to, 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 to women, not midwives. And so if, if you're listening to this thinking, well, how do I get this across to my midwife? I mean, feel free to take them take them your phone and play them this podcast because what yeah. we're trying to do, Katie and I, is, is I suppose raise awareness of the conversations that can be had um, because it is a learning curve for so many of us, whether we are going through the treatment or you are a midwife as you are and the ladies that you're working with, Katie, to help yeah. women along the way. And I also want to now talk a bit about breastfeeding issues because yeah. you'd explain to me about how these could be related to the infertility. Yeah. So just explain a little bit about that, because I think this is yeah. really vital for any uh, ongoing pressure that a woman might feel from a midwife. I think when when there are breastfeeding issues as well, um, you know, it can be another quite very upsetting experience for women as well, because if you've gone through fertility journey beforehand and, um, you know, which can really impact on your own confidence and your ability you know to get pregnant for then to be having problems with breastfeeding it can really impact on your psychological well-being and and your your confidence as you go into parenthood there is research out there and I think as a midwife myself working have seen that um, sometimes women that have had fertility treatment there there may be issues with milk production but it's usually related to more to the reason as to why the woman the lady can't get pregnant in the first place so I think for women that have had a baby through facility treatment if they are having problems breastfeeding and it is related to milk production it would definitely be really important for them to speak to their community midwives about that and just explain to them about how they became pregnant because it may actually be a reason why that there are issues with milk production there is support that the midwife can do to help them with that as well which I won't go into because that's quite a quite a minefield it's just it's just good for women to know that there might actually be a reason a link for them to speak to the midwife about it we're not saying that because of having fertility treatment you're unlikely exactly. to be able to breastfeed it depends on the reason for needing the fertility treatment and I think the research that out there is out there at the moment is it's um they're looking at links between polycystic ovaries is one factor but I think with breastfeeding anyway there's so many variables involved that's why the research out there is quite hard to pinpoint down specific things okay I mean it's a lot it's a lot to think about and I think um, ultimately what we want to do is empower women to feel that they can have these conversations with their midwife and and, and also if there are if there are midwives listening brilliant you know in in that sense it's to reach out and and ask the questions about what these kind of women need because it is a two-way dialogue that we want every step and it, it can have such such a big impact on your birthing experience the relationship that you have with your midwife doesn't it yeah exactly yeah I think when women go through fertility clinics and get pregnant it's I think there is a sense of like oh well that was that part and this is this part now but the way I would like people to look at it is I would like to look get them to look at it as a whole just continuum really because it's not as if now you're pregnant that's that side of your life's all completely finished with because it impacts on how you're feeling now and what what's happening now as well so it's just trying to 
incorporate all of that really I suppose into it and just link up fertility services with maternity services because it's really you know the the whole picture is just about women making sure that they have a good experience as possible really and and looking at uh, what they've been through beforehand. And I know some of the work that you're doing, you're working with Kate Bryan, who's been a, a former guest on this podcast, yeah. Um, yeah. about the work that she's doing to set up a yeah. support group for women pregnant after infertility. And you've talked about yeah. this idea of a card for women to give to their midwife, saying yeah. something along the lines that they, they have had treatment, which I think is a lovely idea. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's quite it's quite a simple thing, but sometimes it's the, the simple things that work. And I think it's, it's really... Um, it's just it's just a way to get a conversation going really so um that's why i just want to design a card and it would be for so women when they get to their midwife um the midwife will ask them at their booking appointments um whether they uh needed facility treatment to get pregnant and then they'd be able to give them that card and it's just a, a simple thing just to say you know you might be experiencing this or you might be feeling like this and and you know to talk to your midwife about it but I think also as well, it, it, it's really good because then it, it's just a conversation opener, I think, just by having something like that, which is what I'm trying to do is just to get those conversations going between midwives and women. And I think that's the key point that we can give to anybody listening is is go and have that conversation with your midwife if you haven't already. Just don't shy away from it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and they 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 will they will understand and. They, they want to be there for you. They want to support you um, in the best way that they can. Great stuff. All right, Katie, well, we'll put all your details on the show notes and good luck with everything. Great. And um, you I know much. you're doing these these training days uh, across, or you're doing them in Brighton predominantly, yeah, aren't yes. you? So it's, um, in, in, yeah, in Brighton. and um, Good excuse to go to the, the seaside. One, exactly, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're planning to, the next one will be in June. I haven't got an exact date yet. And it is, but it's open for midwives around the country to come to. As I say, last year I had really great feedback um, from everybody that attended. Everyone wants to learn more about this. They want to help these women in the best way they can. Well, good luck. And thank you, Katie. Okay. And Katie's details will be on the show notes, which are for this episode, thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash midwife, W-I-F-E. So go and have a look and there you can join my mailing list. You can subscribe. You can click through to iTunes where you can rate and review this podcast episode. If you want to follow me on social media, if you're not already, my Instagram and Twitter are at FertilityPoddy and the Fertility Podcast has a Facebook page. I'm soon to launch my new website. Really exciting. So make sure you've signed up so you don't miss anything that's going on. And I hope that the new website is even easier to navigate because the one that you're currently visiting, well, I haven't done anything with it since I launched this podcast in 2000. 2014, so it's deserved of a facelift and I hope you like it. Any feedback you have on the episode, any questions you might have, anything you want to share, if you've got a story you want to tell, just email natalie at thefertilitypodcast.com and until the next time, 